What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Magazine, and I'm just feeling positive. You know, 2021 has definitely been a turnaround year, hopefully for a lot of people. I'm I'm feeling great health-wise. You know, I, I'm exercising more. I got this thing going on on Instagram that I'm trying to run a thousand miles in 2021. And I actually just hit 252 miles just a couple of days ago. So head of pace here in that first quarter of the year, feeling great. And the reason why I share that, and I hope you guys are also feeling positive, but our next guest might be the most positive, always glass half full type of person that I have met. And he's right here in Boston and he is dangerously, and I mean dangerously caffeinated. That's right. If you don't know who I'm talking about, we have Kevin Cooney on the show. He is a content creator and the CEO of Dangerously Caffeinated Coffee, a great positive vibes episode. That's all I can say. We we definitely had some fun here with this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. It's a one-of-a-kind. Kevin is an all-around great, great individual and uh, some really great stories of how it all came to be. So without further ado, here is my man, Kevin Cooney. Normal Guy Lazy Eye Podcast, a true eye-opening experience. All right, guys. Well, when someone keeps telling you that it's a good idea, sometimes it's best just to listen to them. This is the perfect example here on the show today. Kevin Cooney, Jordan's Normal Guy Lazy Eye. Kevin is the CEO of Dangerously Caffeinated, a coffee brewed by an idea on TikTok with over a quarter million followers on the app. You can find Kevin throwing positive vibes at his viewers every single day. Kevin, how the heck are you, man? My man, some would say dangerously caffeinated, you might say, okay? The pieces are there. Oh, yeah. We are oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Matt, dude, thanks for having me on, man. This is sweet. Yeah, dude. I mean, on top of being dangerously caffeinated, we're kind of freaking out here on the Northeast. Daylight savings time is here. We're hitting some constant 50s, the forecast yes. that we love to say. Clouds Max. minimal, sun maximal. You get it? You got right. it. Yep. Oh, yeah. Right. right. I mean, like, I think when I moved out to the Northeast from California, yeah. I think I found this, like, new love for daylight savings time because I, I think it's, like, it comes with the seasons, too. Like, we're out of the seasonal depression of winter. Yep. Uh-huh. Now we have daylight savings time. I, like, still don't get daylight. I'm, I'm way too old to now people – to ask people for help on what things are, like taxes – <laughs> and daylight savings not a clue, not a real clue they didn't um, teach us it in school though if, i mean they just told us to set our clocks back right if my phone didn't automate i believe my microwave and oven still read uh an hour back or forward whatever we did there a moment ago you know whatever the clock said it would be five o'clock right now okay yeah so maybe five after the podcast five. that can be on your to-do list That's set the clocks back in. recode oven and microwave and yep. now, like, the cars have an easier way. It's literally a checkbox. So right. I was like, hey, it's daylight savings time now, according to my phone. So I'm going to hit this little checkbox here. See, fascinating stuff. We're adulting. <laughs> we're learning, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, like, let's kind of, let's, let's talk about it all, right? Let's start at the beginning. Uh, we do a thing here on the show. Everybody has a beginning, so I want to start there. Take me through kind of a little bit of how you grew up and what life was like in the Cooney household. Yeah, totally. I'm uh, from a, originally from a small town, Wyndham, New Hampshire, right on the border of Mass, New Hampshire. 
Um, I have a twin sister and an older sister. Um, and then, yeah, old school household, like hardworking mom and dad. Um, and then, yeah, I always, I always was like, uh, I'm, I'm the only lefty in the family. So I was like, same. Yep. Something about us lefties. Okay. Creative, visual, artistic. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, so I was always doing like, like I used to do, uh, the school news back in high school. Yeah. Like, it'd be like, you're like anchorman and like a coat and I'd spin around and like do your news. Yep. Uh, so I was always into like media and creating visuals and stuff, whatever that may be. Um, and then yeah, TikTok rolled around. I was like, this is it. Like, this is like, it was like Photoshop mixed with Vine all in one. I was like, this is perfect. Were you on everything? Like when they all came out, like, like, were you allowed to have a MySpace back then? Were you allowed to have a Facebook uh, so back then? I, I was not allowed. To, I, I didn't get a phone. I didn't get my cell phone until eighth grade. Okay, I was sixth grade. So wow, that's even, that's. Yeah, they wow. were like, who, my parents were like, who are you going to call? Right. Like, You're like, know. you, if something happens. Probably you. But yeah. yeah, just eighth grade, didn't have a phone. So I like missed the MySpace. I think my sister, my twin had it like somehow illegally on her. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> a family computer, you know, that I would download like LimeWire on back in the day, you know. But but yeah, I was out on that. Yeah, I was. Um, I'll never forget this. Like, uh, I like, I was like, oh, I'll get Facebook, and I'll just never friend my parents. They'll never find me. Like, Genius. not knowing that Facebook was like, actually, if you live in the same household of the people who also are on Facebook, we'll just kind of match that back to the location. Nope. <laughs> And uh, sure enough, my parents found it in like two weeks. They uh-huh. took it away, um, yep. as every parent would if you did something against. Like open your door. Yes. Yeah. And um, my thing was, we, my brother and I, put together a PowerPoint presentation as to why we should be allowed to have Facebook. Oh wow! And uh, it, it succeeded. So I'm pretty sure, like, it's always been in the cards for me to be a salesman. Um, but the best thing was when I g- got it back, my parents like never disabled it. They just said like, you can't log into it. You're not allowed to use it. Yeah. So I put out this big Facebook post. I was so cool. I was like, yo guys, I'm back. I'm back on Facebook. What's and it? everyone's like, you didn't leave. It's like, awesome. Uh, <laughs> glad you're here. So yeah. It was, it was bad post. It was yeah. bad post. <laughs> That's, see, I never got into MySpace. I wish I did. The, I think the first... I think it was like Facebook might've been the first, it was like Vine, yeah. Facebook, somewhere in there was like the first like apps yeah. I had to download. My, my older sister had the Facebook, and, or sorry, not the Facebook, uh, MySpace and was so into it. And like, oh. it was Bible. That's thing yeah. was like, and then now she's asking me about Instagram tips and TikTok. Tips. Oh, so my, the, uh, the turntables turn have turned. So yes. Like- <laughs> <laughs> but so like, have you like, have you always been a Boston kid at heart? Like kind of growing up in new England, do you ever, did you ever see yourself like maybe moving out of here or like trying something new or trying something different? I, I, so I got my, one of my first jobs was working for muscle milk, like the protein drink. Yep. And our job, so that they were based out of Boston at the time. And our job was literally to show up and hand out free bottles of muscle milk all day long. So it got me to learn the city a ton. Like I was, I was, um, uh, I like probably just, I was probably senior in high school ish when I got that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was able to like learn the city. Cause I was like, I would commute in from New Hampshire. So it was like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And, uh, but that's what made me like really fall in love with the place. And then, so I knew I was like, okay, when I move out, I'm going right to Boston. So I always like wanted to be in the city. 
So now I'm, I'm right in the North End where I live now. Um, but yeah, that job alone, like, got me. I was able to like walk each street and like fall in love with, you know, just some of the old school history of, of Boston. Yeah. And, and ultimately why I moved here. Yeah. Like as a content creator though, like now, like obviously you, you still have your full-time sales job and we'll get to yep. that in a second, but more like thinking long-term here and, you know, yep. kind of take us through it a little bit. Kind of where the heart of content creating is, one would say is out West, right? right? Like how does a successful content creator, you know, do it right here from Boston rather than like jumping ship and going like where everyone else is? Yep. I, I think, I honestly think it's like untapped potential on the East Coast. Like, I think you're right. Everyone, whether it's any sort of influencer or content creator, like I got to go out West. Like, yeah. Weather's warm. And I think it's, uh, it becomes like anything, like, it, like uh, it, it becomes oversaturated where everyone's going out that way. It's like Silicon Valley. Like now Silicon Valley is like Houston, Texas or right. San Antonio, Texas, I think is like the second biggest startup city in America. Right. So I think, I think being out this way, I think for me, it's like, I think how you win on the internet in general is just being yourself, whatever that looks like. And I think if everyone becomes the, you know, the West Coast, long border, you know, uh, I think that's a great, I think it's great, but there's only so much of a niche you have. And for me, it's just not me. Like I, I sweat, one, I sweat way too much to live in that climate. Like I just can't, I'm sweating thinking about it, you know? Right. <laughs> Uh, like it's just like just can't do the sun all day long uh my skin's way too irish also for that right burn instantly um but no i think i think you have your own niche right here at home like right here on the east coast i think for me too like um starting the coffee where i was kind of rooted on the east coast was was easy for me because it was like where all my contacts were Mm -hmm. friends and family are all here but but even business wise like just everyone I meet out and about, it's always been mostly from Boston. Um, and yeah, so, so I think, I think, I think you can, I think you can find success by moving around, but also it's just not for me. It's like, I gotta be as authentic as possible. Yeah. It's like living in the city, doing what I'm doing now. basically. Definitely. I, I love that. Like I, I mean, I'm not originally from here. Yeah. I have similarly kind of fell in love with this city and really don't see myself ever going back to California. Now I say that now, and I'm sure it's like the kiss of death. And I'm sure like when I'm 40, yeah. I'm like I need to go back. But it's, it is something that's interesting that like you, you talked about like the oversaturation of content creation out in LA. We've had content creators from out there. We've had content creators from the Chicago area and now the Boston area, like if you find that niche, people will follow. And it doesn't like, especially now in the digital era, people from California want to hear what people have to say in Boston. It's we've been able to map like our coffee sales for dangerously caffeinated. Yeah. They're from all over. Like I I thought, okay, we're going to only get, we're only going to reach new England. I think our first few sales are, are, we we did a hundred pounds in like our first day of opening uh, online. It was all West coast. It was a lot of Texas, uh, Colorado. Like it was all kind of, out west to midwest and no one no one in new england bought i was like for the first couple days it's like this is weird yeah it was the exact opposite so i think yeah you're right i think like no matter where you are through the internet we're all so connected anyway Mm -hmm. it doesn't even matter like where you call home because it's like we can all connect and you know buy from each other from all over the place you know absolutely absolutely so let's let's talk a little bit about the the tree of kevin cooney here so you got you got a couple of things going on let's talk a little bit about sales at toast 
Yes. Uh, because it's it's a very interesting story. And obviously, if you've been living under a rock, Toast is a is a very restaurant, nightclub, kind of everything that got impacted by a COVID industry yeah. uh, POS system, for lack of a better term. Yep. Um, take us through what those first few months at Toast were like in July of 2019, yep. and then what happened when March 2020 rolled around? Yeah, that was, um, Toast was like first corporate America job, if you will, but still like very fun startup-y vibe. Yeah. Free like cold brew kombucha on tap type of feel. Oh yeah, I heard a lot about that Cambridge office, man. Oh man. <laughs> um, so yeah, started July, 2019. And, um, and like instantly fell in love. Like that, again, like now, now I'm now working in the city again after Muscle Milk, like loving it. Um, and yeah, loving sales, like, like, a, at a very young age, um, I didn't know what sales were at the time, but there was this golf course near our house. It was on a water hole in the ocean. And, uh, as the tide would go out, they would expose all the golf balls that people would shank into the water. Right. So I would go and scoop these balls up in a bucket, scrub them up. And then I'd sit at the tee box all summer long and resell the golf balls right to the golfers. And I was like, I was like four, five, six, seven years old doing this. Like every summer, could not wait to get my boots on and like for the golf course to open up. And I didn't know my twin sisters, you know, at the beach playing in the sand, my older sisters, you know, flying around, having fun all summer long. And I, that was like my, I was like, I don't know what this is, like this transaction, but I love it. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's what honestly like spiraled into, you know, ultimately getting into sales in general, but yeah, but uh uh worked the toast july 2019 and then just loved it i was like yep this matches this is golf balls right couches into now corporate america um and um yeah and then unfortunately COVID happens you know restaurant industry gets hammered not in a good way not in like a friday night let's get hammered i mean they get used and abused in the industry right restaurant shut down so they end up laying off half of their staff you know, I was one of those. Um, and then, and then, you know, on the side, always, I always did the couches. And for those that don't know, it's, if you go to Facebook marketplace, you just search, simply search free mm-hmm. and whatever it may be, uh, fake plant. Everyone's like, Oh, I can't do couches. I don't have a truck. Fake plants do really well. Uh, home decor in general, office equipment, baby toys, baby strollers, like there's so much stuff you can find for free and then resell it. For me, it's always furniture, always couches. Um, so I always did that on the side of Toast and then ended up doing it full-time, you know, once getting laid off. Uh, and then eventually, so that was April. And then eventually, you know, slowly find my way back at Toast come October and, and been there ever since. Um, yeah. yeah. So let's talk about that, that, that lull period between March and October. Yeah. Because like you said, you were, you were doing the side hustle and then obviously turning the side hustle into a full-time gig to at least yeah. get by, quote, you know, as you're, as you're kind of in between, right? So like, I think quarantine has done that for a lot of people and whether it is like they, they got to do a side hustle while doing their full-time job, like this podcast, or right. if they had to really make ends meet, they were flipping it. But like, why hasn't more and more people like what is it that's holding someone back to say type in on Facebook Marketplace free and pick some stuff up and just resell it? I I on it that's like been the one dark hole I have no answer for. Like it's so easy to do. So I guess 
and the first like red flag whenever I tell people like, oh, you can search things for free and then resell them is like, no, you can't. I think it's, I think honestly, there's a lack of business minded entrepreneurs mm. in their everyday thinking. Like, like some people legitimately don't know that when you go to Walmart and purchase like Dove soap for three bucks a bar of soap, that Walmart bought that Dove soap for like pennies, most likely. Right. So, so there's already, so I, I, so people, I think just assume like, oh, the Dove soap is formed in some magic factory and then that's it. Like it's just right. bought for $3, but yeah. the business side of that is like someone bought it for less to now sell it for more. And that's everything. That's real estate. That's cars. You know, that's companies in general. Like they're hiring you for X amount of wages because they're going to bring in, you know, 10 X more than that. Yeah. So I think there's a, from the jump, there's a lack of business minded folk out there that, that, that think like that, you know, and, and, and then when they have something good, like, um, you know, furniture that they're giving away or something, uh, they don't realize like, okay, I bought this at Jordan's or Bob's furniture for a thousand, 2000, whatever it was. I'll just now, it's been 10 years. I've been sitting on it. I'll just now give it away. Mm-hmm. It's like such a dis and I tell people when I'm picking up the furniture, like, uh, I used to lie and be like, oh yeah, it's going in a playroom. Or I was like, it's going to be my new man cave. Yeah. And then I got sick of saying that. So I was like, I'm just going to like educate as many people as possible. Yeah. And when I tell them it, I get two reactions. They're either, it's like a chuckle, like, oh geez, I, buddy, I don't know what you're going to get for this thing. Like best of luck. It doesn't matter. I'm already turning a profit if I sell, if I sell for a dollar. Right. That's, <laughs> that's the disconnect. Yeah. I think, and then, and then there's other people that are like blown away. They're like, and then we'll be I'm most likely with, you know, uh, whoever the household owner is. And we'll be in their garage t- loading up the, the couch of the truck. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, you got two weed whackers over there. You could sell one for 40 bucks and you got you know, four shovels. You know, you sell each one of those for 10 bucks. Yeah, who needs four? So, like, that's absurd. Right. And uh, but you're so right. Like, I think people think, oh, like, what am I going to get? a dollar for this thing but just like you said if you sell it for a dollar it's still technically 100 percent profit right people are gonna be like oh well the gas and your time this is like a sub like for me i i think i have like too much like natural energy to like i can't like sit like i'm at my desk now standing like i just can't really sit yeah and uh for me doing couches like is relaxing like that is my like netflix time because i always challenge people on like Oh, well, you know, you sold a couch for, you know, 200 bucks, like how long did it take to pick it up? And, you know, it's an hour to go get the couch and it's 30 minutes putting in the storage unit and two minutes taking photos of it and 30 seconds uploading. They're like, you know, at the end of the day that, that you know, cost what are you, your profit margins? You're like, yeah, yeah. It costs you, you know, three hours total to just sell that couch. It's like, but what else would you be doing? Like, this is, this is in, in, you know, place of Netflix or like, you know, just hanging out lounging and I have nothing against like I'll, I'll binge like the rest of us yeah but you know if you're in a rough place you know or just need extra cash or love like the hustle um I couldn't recommend it more yeah I mean like let's like we'll say on average and then like this is probably someone who, who spends a lot of time on their phone but like six hours a, a day on their screen like Apple tells you every other night or whatever like yeah. hey man you were on the phone a lot it's kind of deflating, but you're yeah. like, let's say you sell two couches at $200 a pop yep. takes you three hours to do everything. Yep. Right. You just made 400 bucks. 
Dude, this is how, yeah, it's, this is how real this is. I was in 60K of student loan debt mm-hmm. in 2019. So I graduated from Florida State in 2019. I had, or uh, 2017 rather, I graduate 60K of student loan debt. I go to DCU where my loan was and they're like, yeah, you'll pay 280 for 10 years and then you'll be debt free. And I said like, there's just no way, like I'm just not gonna do it. No. I, and this is, I got my whole family to attest to this. And if the IRS is listening, this is a total joke. I, I was able to pay off 100% of my student loans in two years, all from Facebook Marketplace. 60K in two years, that's 30 grand a year in side money, you know? Yeah, and we'll bleep that out because the IRS, huge fan of the podcast. So. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, are you guys getting all this? <laughs> oh my God. Dude, they, tapped, dude, they tapped the Zoom. I mean, we're all on. mic'd up. <laughs> oh, let me close the shade. Hold on one second. The shade is just not <laughs> sun is maximal. <laughs> it's that time in the apartment where it's, I have like two big bay windows and it's like, yeah, it's red. I hear you. So like, I think to sum it all up on the, on the, on the flipping, it's a matter of like educating yourself. And like, I mean, we're the ones joking. Like we have no idea how to pay. I don't, I still don't know how to do my taxes. So if the IRS is listening, I still don't know how to do it. Uh, And I don't, and I don't get why we do daylight savings time. So that's where we kind of like, don't get things. I also like, you know, I don't know how, whatever. I don't know how to bake, whatever. The business sense, like if you could just educate yourselves a little bit on like, I can flip things. Right. And then to your point, I think there is like the laziness. 100%. Like, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm a victim of it too sometimes. Like a day after working from 7.30 to 6 p.m. on sales calls and that, yeah. I want to sit and watch Netflix. Yep. But, you know, to get a little $200 cash, spend it, three hours flipping it, a couch. Especially like for me, it's like the thrill of the hunt. Like the money's great. Like the money's amazing. Um, but it's like the thrill of like taking some item for free and then a couple days later selling that same item for money it's like such a rush for me even if it's a dollar i'm like oh man this is you know like it right have you ever have you had somebody that's like wait a minute i actually i'm gonna do what you just told me you were doing when you pick up a couch for free i've never i've because there's always like so much doubt and i think so like you said so much laziness or hassle or um but i for sure have had people uh i i'll go grab the couch for free and then i'll post it on the marketplace again where i just got it for free and i'll get people messaging me being like didn't i just do this couch for free yeah (laughs) and then it's more it's like more education it's like yes 100 and some people get angry so i'll never understand some people get angry about that which i just like i've gotten a couple and and granted i've done this since 2017 to now and i've maybe had maybe five people Mm -hmm. actually upset and respond back to me yeah of people being like, I just saw this for free. Now you're selling it for 800 bucks. Like what's up with that? Right. And it's like, it goes back to the Dove soap thing. It's like, that's kind of how life works. Yes. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like I just don't, I never, you know, it's like, it's just like, you, like technically you purchased it for $0. So now it's like 100% my possession. It's like, I could light the thing on fire and they wouldn't even be mad about it. But right. there's some sort of, some people get mad about, you know, business in general. And they just think everything should be, you know, free. And um, there's just more education. Yeah. It's just more yeah. like, Hey, do you, are, do you want the couch, sir? Like, 
like you snooze, you lose kind of thing, you know? Exactly. Exactly. So let's move over to TikTok for a second, because I feel like everyone's origin story of downloading the app is about the same. Yes. Like I know I did it to like keep myself from going crazy in yep. 2020. You were in a little bit of a different situation. You had just gotten laid off. Yep. What was, what was your like decide to go like, oh, let's create some content on the side. Yeah, I, I always, so I use iMovie like every, used to use iMovie like every day of my life. I was always filming like clunky skits on my phone and then, or, or funny Britney Spears music videos yeah. and, and editing them on iMovie for all hours of the night. So when TikTok came out, I, I downloaded that, um, let's see, October of 2019, believe it or not, like when I was like very young and not really posting like here and there posting. And then didn't realize like the scalability of it from building an audience standpoint. And I was like, Oh, this is it. So, so I, so uh, I started, we had like a men's room account. It's like an old podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what started the first TikTok. And then I made my own probably, you know, seven months ago, eight months ago. It was the Kevin Cooney TikTok now that you see online now. Um, And it was just like such a natural fit. Like I love uh, creating content for others. It's like escapism. Like, you know, it's, I love giving enjoyment or, or a laugh to people. And uh, I love taking like current events and kind of twisting them to be like funny and relatable. And, um, and then that like naturally kind of spiraled into these like morning alarms that I would do. Yeah. And I, like, what's weird is like, I, I didn't even, I subconsciously do them every morning to myself without even like thinking about it. Right. Like I'm just like kind of getting up booster for yourself. Yeah. And in my own head, I'm like, all right, come on, you lazy bitch. Like, let's go to the gym. Come on. Like, it was kind of like that. And then I remember recording one on TikTok and posting it. And it was the classic, like, good morning, you bad bitch, you. That, like, entrance. Yeah. And it went viral. And I was like, oh, shit. And then I started doing custom morning alarms and adding, like, almost like a cameo, if you will, but not a cameo, of, like, tossing your name in there to a morning alarm um and then it just people kept eating it up and eating it up and eating it up and yeah it's how it kind of you know grew and grew into you know what it is now um which has been huge right so like i mean i i feel like i know the answer to this question here but how much do you credit like obviously like a lot of content creators have created a success on a merch line a product line that yeah. they basically launch from their tiktok yeah how much of that do you call you know like quantify your success versus like to me the positive attitude is what got me like who is this guy and like we were on a ski trip literally last weekend and it was we were at mount snow and it was 70 degrees so we yep. were at mount slush um skiing that was crazy stuff yep. and i literally remember sitting in the parking lot being like wow guys clouds minimal sun yep. and then my friend goes literally maximal i was like yes and he's coming on the podcast next week let's go let's go <laughs> Oh, I love that. But like, like how much, so like how much do you credit that success to the positive attitude versus like the monetary success? Yeah. About, like flipping and all that. Yeah. I, I've all, I've been this way my entire life and I credit honestly all to, all to my mom. She's like, she's no matter what, she was that like ray of sunshine. Any, anything negative that happened to you in life, she was the one to, you know, like we got in, I got in a car crash with my twin sister when I was in high school. Car was totaled. We smashed into the back end of a police cruiser. He was like pulled up, pulled over with someone else. And I was like, hello, sir, while we're here. I was like, man, I can see him, right? And, uh, Let me formally introduce myself. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. And uh, 
called my mom. I was like, I thought this was the worst thing ever. I was like, the car's totaled. Like, oh my God. And she'd always, the, the classic mom line, like, oh, as long as you're not hurt, you know, we can, you can get another car. You can't right. get another. So she's always had that like positive light. And then I noticed it in my own friend group in college and in, in the work environment, like every day, naturally, I would just wake up and be super positive. And it wasn't like my life was anything different than yours or anyone else's. It was just like, uh, my, you know, it is, it's my perspective of like life is that like, you know, you get laid off from work and you think that's like the worst thing ever. You know, there's, there's other countries that are in a war right now. It's like always my go-to line. Like it can always be so much worse, you know, than, than what you think it is. Like there's been horrible things generationally that have happened. You know, I I always go war because like we have like a military background with my family and stuff, but you know, you think of like, and I'll think of like brutal, like the Holocaust literally happened. Like my day's not bad. I got laid off from my job. Not a problem. Like, yes, it sucks in the back of my head. I'm like mad and upset. And like, you know, you almost get that little sore spot in your throat when you're like, but but then I, then I think I'm like, there's been like, like the Holocaust happened in life. Like there's been horrible things. And you put in perspective, it's like, you start thinking that way. It's like, things are not that bad, you know? And, the, and, you, and you don't even have to go back that far. I mean, right. I, like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like six right. million people lost their lives to something crazy right. horrible. But like, there are also people dropping dead right now because of this pandemic. Yeah. The worst thing is I got laid off from my job. And like, I don't want to discredit anyone that got laid off. It's a right. horrible thing that happened. And unfortunately, it, it is what, you know, it happens. But to your point, like the cup is always half full. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So. I, I absolutely love that. And, and so like, when did, I mean, from the, the morning alarm type of TikToks, yep. where was like the idea of like, wait a minute, let's start a coffee brand off yep. of this. That honestly happened. This whole coffee thing happened all by accident. Like um, I was doing the morning alarms and I'd end each one the same. I was like, um, all right, let's get dangerously. And I mean, dangerously caffeinated. And right. people were like, can I buy, is that, do you sell that? I was like, sell what? And they're like, dangerously caffeinated coffee. And I was like, oh, I was like, no, uh, but I should. And then, I, like, at the time, I had a whole merch line out. Like, I had the whole dangerously caffeinated merch line and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was like, coffee. I was like, I don't even know how you do that. Like, what do you fly to Colombia and like meet these farmers? And, right. And oddly enough, like, as fate would have it, like, the stars line, a buddy of mine from high school that I haven't talked to since high school hit me up and was like, hey, I've been thinking about acquiring a coffee company and I see your morning alarms. Like, what do you think about like going in on it with me? And ultimately we, we had a couple of drinks. We met, uh, reconnected. And we were like, I was like, Hey, instead of acquiring another coffee company, what if we started our own? And then we were like, huh. And then that's how it all, we found a, we were, we were actually going to fly out. We we're looking at plane tickets to fly out to Colombia and Vietnam has really good, like robusta beans. So we're going to fly out and meet these people and try to make connections and then, you know, import them back into the United States. And oddly enough, we found a guy right in our backyard, pretty much um, in New Hampshire, uh, Laconia. Um, and he's our roast master. So he imports, he has a whole business himself. He, he imports um, all these different coffee beans. And you literally go into his warehouse and you basically mix and match different batches of blends that you want to try out, you know, and that's how we found him. And 
he lined up a couple of blends that he thought we'd really like. And we tasted them and we narrowed it down and kept tasting different coffees. And um, I didn't sleep for days because I was just tasting. <laughs> so weird. Yeah. I, I like rearranged my room. Like my bed was on the other side of the wall now. And I was like, oh, I should just paint everything. And <laughs> like so much energy. Yeah. And uh, that's how it started. It like started, it started, which was like, it was so organic. It was by my own audience. They were like, hey, if you sold coffee, we would buy it. I put a couple feeler videos out there. They went really well. And then boom, like, you know, you get that one phone call and here we are. Yeah. And it, and it goes back to like, yes, it happened organically and like the stars kind of aligned, but had you not said yes, I think none of this would ha- have happened. Like yeah. it goes back to the laziness. Like that would have been, yeah, it's great that your buddy reached out or even this like a high school acquaintance now turned business yeah. partner is yep. now, you know, running this type of, you know, type of company, but like, you had to go in on it too. So like, how, how has like your side hustles affected your every single, you know, your everyday life from your quote unquote, we'll call it a normal job. Yeah. I think for me, I enjoy having a full plate. Like yeah. I, I actually get, I get like visibly ill if I look at my calendar and I just have work, just my regular nine to five day job, I get like ill and I'm like, Oh my God. Like this ha-. So that, that was like, I think my dad installed that in me at a young age, just, hey, you get off the school bus, we're cleaning the yard. Once you're done the yard, you know, we're going to clean more. And then we're going to, you know, was, oh, we were doing bark malls. Grab the bathroom floor with a toothbrush. Exactly. <laughs> like, I, my schedule was always busy. And then playing, like, I played football from, you know, six all the way to college. And I think just naturally, like, going to school and then being like, okay, I got school. Then I have football practice. Then when I get home, I'll shower, quickly eat, and I'll have homework. Like, I've always had a couple of things going during the day. Um, and it carried over to later in life, like every day after work, and I'm out roughly around five, 5.30-ish, somewhere in there, started mm-hmm. nine out of five. Uh, it's mandatory, rain or shine, like I have to go pick up one item at least. Like, that's just kind of how like my brain works. And with COVID, it's been great, like gets you out of the house, you're back in your car driving around, yeah, playing music, listening to podcasts. Uh, but you're right. Like the schedule is like booked. It's like work furniture. And now, and then when he called me, he's like, what if we start a coffee company? I was like, Holy shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. Like how much time commitment is that? Um, and so it is, it's a lot of like, you know, editing the website at, you know, 11, 12 at night, you know, making, um, Instagram stories at, you know, 5 30 6 a.m to kind of get things going you know you gotta squeeze in a workout somewhere in there right um but i, I i'm comfortable the more plates i'm spinning i'm more comfortable like i know i can't give my attention to all of them equally and i know some plates might fall and smash but i like having you know multiple things going um and ultimately i think it makes you work harder at your regular day job like for me i get motivated when my calendar's full i'm like i have to focus these next four hours because right after work, I got to, I got to be down in Quincy to pick up a couch. And then I got to meet with, you know, Brenda, my business partner. And, um, so I, I get like more motivated the less time I actually have. To yeah. Get. Yeah. And so like the, the reason why I bring this up, because I pe- like, we see people who have like successful individuals, like you said, they're, they're driven. They kind of, they, they, they thrive under pressure. Like what has that realization been like for you that you're making this like this process of a decent side hustle, whether it be the TikTok, whether it be the flipping, whether it be, you know, uh, dangerously caffeinated, yep. but you also have this decent process. Like, I feel like I hate to use his coined phrase, Joel Embiid, but like 
trusting the process or enjoying the process rather yeah. like successful people into making the Kevin Cooney, we'll call it the Kevin Cooney brand. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like always heard quotes like that of like, like Gary Vee says it all the time, like enjoy the process. Yeah. And at the, uh, you probably, you asked me that question a year ago, I'd be like, Oh, that's BS. Like, and I think it's cause I wasn't in like a, a spot I wanted to be goal wise. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think you find, um, I think, I think we all have a blueprint for how our life should be. And the moment we start veering off from that blueprint, like I should be here, I should be whatever it is, engaged with kids at a house and I'm, you know, whatever, maybe whatever it looks like you're maybe you're single, you're in an apartment, you're not happy, you're not the job you like, you start to slip away from that. Um, I think for me, like, I found all those quotes are true. Like you really do find happiness in the process. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's like, I like jumping into a pool that I don't even know how deep it is. I don't know what's in the water, but I'll figure it out, you know? And like, sh- there's huge risk. Like we had no idea. I didn't know how much money we'd have to put into this coffee business to get it off the ground. You know, I was like, what if no one buys? That would be awkward. Like we're sitting on hundreds of pounds of brewed coffee that's been imported that we can't give back. I was like, this is, so uh, I think there is truth in that. Like, now I'm 25 now I, I think I'm like wow that is accurate like you have to just enjoy the process like I think at a younger age I was so eager to like get to a great place financially and be you know comfortable uh you know I always want I you heard like passive income was like the hot word the last like two three years it's and now it's like coming back hard yeah oh my <laughs> god and I'm like holy hell and so so now I really am like oh it really is all about like learn like I, I thought the coffee thing was a win-win. I was like, either we'll make money from it and people enjoy it. It'll be very on brand for what I want to do or it'll flop and I can get, my friends will roast me, you know, about look at this kid trying to start his own. Like it was a win. I just don't take, I don't take anything too seriously. Mm-hmm. I know things are going to fail. And, and, and honestly, like those quotes couldn't be more true. Like the process is, is the end game. Like, cause you're going to get, I always think now, like, oh my God, imagine having, millions and not having to work it sounds so great but then like for me i'll go on vacation day two i'm like okay i gotta i gotta i gotta get back to the city i gotta get back to my desk like i'm like freaking out and it's because i just love the process so much like i'm not looking forward to the end goal you know yeah and kind of going off that like would you say that march 2020 what when it was all we'll say, I don't want to say rock bottom because you weren't, yeah. I mean, but the, the kind of, what kind of started the spiral yeah. was that kind of the linchpin in all this? Or like, did you think like, even like four-year-old Kevin Cooney who was selling golf balls that were sunk in the river? Yeah. Kind of the, the one that started this. I, I think it happened like very, I think there was multiple moments. Like I think the golf ball thing immediately when you ask that question stands out in my mind is like the big, like, like I, I we have home videos of, of me you know, picking up golf balls and then actually selling them. And my mom zooms in from afar and you can see, you know, the guys give me a buck for a ball. And um, I knew something was there like innately in my DNA that was yeah. different from most kids. Like most kids just wanted to, you know, play hide and seek and kind of have fun. And I was like, not into that at all. And uh, I think I always thought different, like, and then I was, I always thought I was like, you know, I was like, Oh, I'm the only lefty in the family. Like, this makes sense. I was right. like, this is, you know, you're drinking the Kool-Aid though. Yeah. yeah. Be, <laughs> uh, like, like dumb stuff. Like, um, 
I think in my own head, I always thought I was like, you know, gonna supposed to be on a different path in a, in like a organic way. And um, yeah, I think, I think it's just super on brand for, you know, everything that's happened, but um, yeah, like I, I think of a story now, like my twin sister and I sharing a birthday cake, we'd both blow out the candle and then the smoke would come my way. And I jokingly would nudge her and be like, chosen one i was like this is like just dumb stuff just stupid but um but i think you're right like that was rock bottom in my opinion was march and april like unemployed uh i was like wow i have no money on paper anymore like it's Mm -hmm. all the couch stuff and then i was like i've never done the furniture full time like i didn't have that nine to five time block anymore right so i was like holy shit i could do this all day long which is great, but I was very nervous. Like, what if this doesn't work anymore? What if this collapses? Like, um, there's so many what ifs, but I think that, that, that taught me grit, you know? And I was like, okay, no matter how bad this gets, it goes back to like perspective on life and grit. I was like, we're going to double down. I used to do couches for 11 hours while I was unemployed. Yeah. All day long. I would go pick up couches all over. I drove to Rhode Island to get furniture and then I'd bring it back to New Hampshire. I'd dump it off. Then I'd go to Maine and grab more furniture all day long. My mom was like, we never see you. Like, we saw you more when you worked in the city. And can right. you read back for like, I never see you anymore. And I think I was so fearful, like, you know, this is going to collapse. I have to, have to get every couch ever on earth. And, right. Uh, it taught me grit, though, for sure. I, I think, too, like, in March and April of 2020, like, also, like, the fear of, like, is anyone even, like, sell any furniture to a stranger in the middle of a pandemic? Right. Like, right. My you own. You have a mask on. Yeah, I, I like a great point. I was like, oh my God, from a sanitation standpoint, like are people gonna even buy used anything anymore. Right. right. I was so nervous of that. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, what if I sit on 30 couches in my storage unit and no one buys? I gotta find a way to get rid of 30 couches. I was like, this is like, you know. You're opening a movie theater with something. Yeah. But oddly <laughs> enough, my best month um was in May. It was a it was about a month and a half after I got laid off, mm-hmm. tail end of May. Um, one month it was 10 grand from doing it full time cash and I was like okay that that gave me once I was like this is rock bottom and then I was able to make that you know in cash I was like this is it I was like we'll just yeah like I think I think a lot of people took it for granted I think Facebook marketplace and the kind of the like-minded like whether it's let go or whatever like it it kind of blew up in the pandemic I think people 100% like "Eh, if you put your gloves on and you hand me the couch it's fine right (laughs) <laughs> and, and people seem like when I'm, when I'm there now, like we're still, you know, separated and our masks are on, but people are so friendly. Like you hear about, I think the other reason people don't do it is they're scared. It's going to end up in like, you hear about those one-off, you know. Yeah. Which, but those are the ones that make the news and that's how it can be really scary. And I, I completely agree. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I've, I've talked to literally hundreds, maybe even thousands of people now from doing the couches. There's so many good, genuine humans out there. I've been invited to stay for dinner so many times going in. And like, there's just a, like, you know, they're giving you lemonade. Like there's so many really nice people out there, but you never hear about that. Obviously you hear about the one-off, you know, um, cause you know, Kevin being offered supper doesn't, isn't a news title, but like, you know, so it's, but yeah, there, there is, it was, it was like never a better time to do flipping. Like everyone was stuck in their house. They got sick of looking at the same furniture. They were like, we need to get rid of this, get a new one in. You know, there was times I'd pick up a couch in someone's house and then the next day deliver that same couch to their neighbor. <laughs> and I was getting nervous. I'd be like, oh my God, I think I have, I put in their address from yesterday in the GPS. And I was right. like, 
And I was like, oh my God, I hope those people like, they're going to come out and be like, that's our couch. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> what? <laughs> You're home early. I'm like, what is that? <laughs> but, yeah, it was like never a better time to do the furniture. That's crazy. That's crazy. Where do you, where do you see, obviously the future of flipping is kind of like, as it goes, it's going to go, but where's yeah. the, what's the, what's the future for dangerously caffeinated? Yeah. I think um, we were actually talking about this morning, like come the spring. Our, so our next step from here is we want to get K cups down. We want to get coffee flavors. And then we would love to start setting up some small coffee shops around New England, dangerously caffeinated coffee shops. We'll do a couple pop-ups this summer in seaport and test that out but yeah i think i mean we we both love it it's a passion project for both of us um brendan and my you know my business partner and i it's it's, it's both of our side side hustles you know he works a regular job also does the flipping furniture and the coffee um but yeah i mean i i mean i think honestly it'll be you know a, hopefully a new england based brick and mortar coffee shop you know is the idea and, and make it very, you know, modern and trendy and very Instagrammable, you know, have like multiple different walls of, of backdrops for Instagram, but got to, it's, that's so crazy to me. Like that's the business plan of brick and mortar now, but it's is like, it it's not just a storefront anymore. It's an experience, which I think oh, is so yeah. cool. And especially yeah. now, like with a pandemic, you didn't think people would go into that kind of stuff. But like right. I'm a huge fan of cuts clothing they're online all the time, but then they do a pop-up and it's like a full immersive experience. It's yeah. not just you're buying a t-shirt. You're like into it. I love that. See, I think that, I think that's that, like the, um, I think it's in Houston. You know, those wings on that brick wall that every girl sits behind. Mm-hmm. The mayor got out a couple months ago being like, this has been the craziest, like one painting. It, it shut down intersections. It brought like millions of dollars of business to people to restaurants and you know people visiting there and hour-long wait times to get in front of that those wings and take the picture and yeah stuff like that can go viral and boom changes the whole economy of a, of a town you know? dude i'll do you one one better if you go out to la like it's I'm, I'm shocked you don't even know about this maybe you do but there's a just on melrose avenue in los angeles california there's just a giant pink wall there's no wings there's nothing on it it's just a giant pink wall People will be online, or I just went full New York there. People will be in, <laughs> people will be in line for hours to just take a picture with that pink wall. Really? Oh, it's 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 influencers in the wild. It's that's like the that's like how it all started was that pink wall. Oh yeah, see, unreal. It's crazy. It's so crazy. yeah, there's nothing you can do now. It's crazy. I mean, there's so many ways to make cash out there. It's nuts. <laughs> that too. That too. All right, Kevin. Well, this has been an absolute blast and yeah. I, I can't wait to stay connected and, and you know, finally go get a drink at Broadway or something. Yes. At some point. 1000%. <laughs> but I do have one last question for you that we ask all of our guests. So you're not getting out of this one. Now you're only 25. So you, yeah. and you still got plenty of probably different business ventures to, to do, but if you were to write your autobiography today, Ooh. what would be the title of it and why? Ooh, Wow. Dude, that's a good question. Thank you. Holy hell. Um, you know what? I think it had to be super on brand. I think it'd have to be, uh, it'd be something along the lines of like, uh, dangerously caffeinated one sip at a time, something like that. I and the whole that. thing would be about the process. You know? I love that. That's awesome. I, that, that's a perfect title. And then you're exactly right. It's all about the process. I've never thought about that before or been asked that. That is great. Well, thank you. We ask it to all of our guests. It's either very like 
oh like a like almost like a sigh like oh man we were doing so well and like i could answer <laughs> all your questions and now it's like oh that's a tough one your battery is dying i gotta go actually that's a good i wish i had more time to answer the good question <laughs> i have a hard stop at 651 so <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh my god but yeah either that or like people have their answer like automatic and that was pretty automatic I'll, I'll give you credit that was pretty pretty fast thank you That's almost cool. record time wow really almost there's hey. a couple that have like right away i'm nervous that we're gonna we're gonna get like michelle obama on the podcast and i'm gonna forget that she already wrote her autobiography and she'll be like clearly you didn't read it but okay great glad you did your research pal. <laughs> So we're going to manifest getting Michelle Obama or whoever's written a great autobiography, like uh, Matthew McConaughey's Greenlight, yep. something like that. Oh, you know? I love that for you. I want them both on the show. Yeah, they're actually coming on next week right after you. Great. Perfect. Perfect. Who better to back up Kevin Cooney than wow, that's I don't know about that. I don't know about that at all. <laughs> awesome, Kevin. Well, appreciate the time. And as always, keep doing you. And uh, please continue to stay dangerously caffeinated. My man, thank you for having me on, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Take it easy. Bye. So a big thank you to Kevin Cooney for coming on this week's show. Be sure to go follow him on Instagram, TikTok. Be sure to go get yourself a bag of dangerously caffeinated links to all things Kevin can be found in the description of this week's podcast. I mean, if you want to feel better every morning waking up, go watch this guy's content. I... I can't say enough good things about him. And if you're looking for a pick-me-up in the morning, if you're if you're kind of like me and you're trying to save some money from going to Dunkin' every single day and now you're brewing your own coffee at home, get yourself a bag of this dangerously caffeinated. I don't know if you could tell by the energy that we were producing on this week's interview, but we had both had several cups of dangerously caffeinated. It's some good stuff. Be sure to go check it out. Again, thank you guys so, so much for listening to this podcast. We're 35 episodes in, and I can't thank you guys enough. You guys have really kept me going. I'm loving getting to share these types of stories, these types of successes with you guys, learning so much about different individuals. Right here in Boston, too, that's one of my favorite things is getting to see these successes from my backyard. But that does it for this week's show. we got a great uh, episode coming up next week. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at normalguylazyeye for clips of this week's episode, and I will see you all next week.